We in here, let's get it. Me, my guys, we really lie. Lord, forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. And that's in a console. Keep the semi when I ride. Let off Henny when I drive. In the city, we gon' slide. Bet I be there pronto. What's good, y'all? We are back. This is Monday. I am Damoto Political Plug. And this is the chop up. We missed y'all last week. We do apologize. And, and I'm gonna can I can I be transparent while while why we missed and they missed us last week? Mm-hmm. Can I be transparent about that? Mm-hmm. We didn't want to talk about that shit. What yeah. all the last week we didn't want to talk about. <laughs> it was a, it, like we took a mental health week. It. Fuck it. Fuck it. It was like it was just it's just too 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 much. And then everybody else was already doing enough with it and the, the type of conversation people want to hear it was so we we just let it play out. We got some conversation for y'all today though. I mean, refreshed, we just refilled, refocused. Maybe Danny Lee, Travis Scott, horse, like nah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we here. It's Monday, Monday night. We do it the way that we do, late as always. But who else do I have with me? Toy G, happy to be with y'all Thanksgiving week. Hopefully y'all are um, being able to experience some type of extended break. You know, shout out to my people who work in Black Friday mornings, who ain't even going to get Thursday off. We're going to have to find a job even then. People who I, I just, I, I feel for y'all. But the, everybody, the true American heroes. I mean, honestly, because there's a lot of people still plugged into everything. Uh, and Kevin, that's for absolutely sure. It's always free Julius Jones. We're going to talk about that. But I mean, just shout out to y'all. You know, every time I look up, I, I don't know what it is about being older than 25, but the calendar just phew. So every week I come back to y'all. I'm like, have y'all lived a month of life in the last week? Because I have. And <laughs> here we are at the at the at the start of another one and the end of another month. So it's good to see how we get what's popping. Yeah, man. Hey, first name conscious, last name Lee, consciously coming soon. Consciously.com coming soon. But in the meantime, in between times, you didn't catch me at georgelee.com. You know, and shit, we're about to get into this conversation, man. Is, Toy, is it georgelee.com? Uh, georgeleespeaks.com. Yeah, I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm you, How you done uh, had, he didn't have his website for how long? And this nigga yeah, I said the wrong thing. Georgeleespeaks.com. But yeah, about to be the consciously.com coming real soon. Yeah. You know, and yeah. The Kyra know we late. This the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I take the blame for that too. Your girl was, whoo, she, I was sheepy. Nah, man, we be hey, we be living life like it's yeah. like three kids, two dogs involved. You know what I'm saying? Two wives. It's a lot of it's a lot of moving pieces in this. But with that being said, let's go ahead and move into the snapshot. Toya. All right, let's talk about the snapshot today. Snapshot is gonna be a little bit different. We gonna kind of do this. Uh, in the in the form of a couple of different conversations, right? So this is called the snapshot lineup, if you will. And this is where we're gonna group and scoop a lot of smaller conversations that could be bigger conversations, but they're not gonna be we're just gonna hit them real quick and move on. So uh and Takara said this is the only live you've been able to catch. Well, welcome to the live experience of the chop up. We glad you in the comments hollering at us. Here's where we're gonna start it off at. <laughs> First uh, topic for the lineup is the Rittenhouse decision. A lot of people were going back and forth uh, at the inclusion of the Cal Rittenhouse sentencing or lack of sentencing, total exoneration, non-guilty decisions, able to walk free, saying a lot of y'all black folks was caught up in this and this is not black folk business. This is white folk business. A lot of people were posting and angry and upset when he was found not guilty because uh, you know, another white man got away with doing wrong by black people again. And people was like, wait, the victims were white. So I asked all <laughs> given the issue in context, but also and, and and it was other factors people brought up yeah, about a lot like, of different the, things. Yeah. yeah. A lot of yeah. things. And yeah. I'm gonna try to talk about these different factors that shape your decisions. But my question to y'all is is this white people business or is this black people business or is it everybody business? Who business is this? Keeping it quick, right? So it's a little bit of both, all right. The key factor for me in this whole thing was the judge pointing out that the people that were killed couldn't be called victims, right? If you don't have a victim, you don't have a murder, right? So you have to ask yourself, what would make the judge say that they weren't victims? Mm-hmm. Right? What would what would justify their death? Key phrase here, they were race traitors. The reason why it it, it, it has something to do with us by proximity or in, you know what I'm saying, why, in, in an ancillary fashion, is because it was their proximity 
to the black, like to a struggle, uh, like which was the protest, right? Mm-hmm. Their proximity to the protest and that, you know, speaking out against injustice that then made it justified when their life, when, when they was killed. So the reason why they were murdered or, or the reason why he was exonerated from being called a murderer in the court of law is because the judge had made it up in the mind that the people that were murdered were race traitors because they were on the side of the protesters in the first place. Interesting, right? The yeah. idea of race traders plug, which I mean, what you got? Uh, kind of the same thing as Damo. I think that it's always already a racial issue. We brought them all together in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, I said Washington on my video accidentally, but uh, uh, what about <laughs> Kenosha, Wisconsin? Is that uh? was a race issue, you feel me, that Jacob Blake was shot, you know what I'm saying, by a police officer. People believe it was racially motivated, and as a result of them believing what happened to Jacob Blake Jr. being racially motivated, they went out there to protest, you feel me? Um, mm-hmm. I think that it's not ironic that, you feel me, what became prioritized in Kyle's mind is the protection of property during the time of people being outraged about black people, about black people being shot. Um, I recognize that... Uh, that uh, the white dudes that he killed, you feel me, had a, uh, I, had a I was on a register sex, uh, re, uh, on a registry list and sex offenders. all that women and sex with sex offenders or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I do recognize too that when Kyle Rittenhouse is shooting and killing them, you feel me, that's not rant stamp on their forehead, ain't they? He ain't know that, you know what I'm saying? Like he just was shooting, you feel me? shooting in the crowd. So I feel like it always has something to do with race and because I was got something to do with race and I was got something to do with us. But I recognize it's ultimately white on white crime. Yeah, I mean, and 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 real quick, I want to say this mm-hmm. real quick for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in like in terms of white on white crime, remember what happened to the Freedom Riders. Remember what happened to civil like during the Civil Rights Movement, right? Like white people were lynched due to their proximity to protesters, mm-hmm. due to their proximity to the Civil Rights Movement. So white on white violence also stems from the racially, like it's pretty much once you say you're on their side, their side being black people. It means that your death is justified because of racially motivated lines that have been drawn in the sand. Yeah. And it's interesting that that whole notion that you started with, uh, Damo, of race, race traitorship is like the pinnacle. It's, it's, it's a couple um, pushes past allyship. Right. So the, that because what happens is for black people, the violence that happens to them happens on the level of the body. It happens on the level of the flesh. So the only way to meaningfully compensate or to mediate that violence is to then make your body vulnerable. Right. right. To then put your body and your flesh on the, Be line, on, right? on the front line, not just your things. Right. But use your body in meaningful ways to then bring yourself down to the level of dehumanization and lack of humanness, lack of fleshliness that or, or life that are is given to black flesh. Right. So. Mm-hmm. That race trader shit is deep because, <laughs> you know, it is kind of the apex of sacrifice that a lot of people put themselves in. White people, when they're trying to find themselves on the right side of the right. So interesting decisions. But we determined in the, in the chats, uh, even Tony said it best, it's everybody's business. Right. All right. I move on to the next part of the lineup. We heard about the tragic murder of young Dolph happened sometime last week outside of a cookie shop in, uh, in Tennessee. Um, and so uh, tragic instance, tragic situation, the news dropped and time froze. Uh, what's your first reactions to the Dolph news? One word to describe your reaction. One word. One word. Devastating. What's up? Elaborate. Uh, another another young black mogul, another young black successful person that was able to empower people and give them, I feel like, better their life materially and symb- symbolically to take it away. You feel me by somebody in a community that looked like them. It's devastating. You feel me? R.I.P. Nipsey Hussle, R.I.P. Mo3, R.I.P. Just really all of the fallen black rapper, black men that were rappers uniquely, you feel me, that got erased and taken away in their own, you know what I'm saying, community, you feel me? Yeah. Devastating. Well, um, I mean, I, I guess I, I it's hard. I mean, I hate to sound generic, but it's it's just tragic. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like I feel, I, and the reason why I hate to sound generic is because I want to speak to, I want to speak to like how normalized this is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like rappers dying. Because um, I even I seen an Instagram post recently that was pointing out how the uh, number one uh, cause of death for black men. Uh, 
in 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 the young in their younger years is homicide. Mm. And so saying that it's tragic, it doesn't speak to like how this this literally becomes commonplace. Yeah, like, yeah, like you can't even like you can't even we can't forget how Dolphin been shot out shot at numerous times. He was shot at in a hundred shots, right? A hundred shots. A hundred shots, yeah. You were talking about an example of it. So it's yeah, I mean, so it's 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 literally like yo, I mean, and again in the hometown. So just tragic. That's really all I can say. It's it's tragic. It it should it shouldn't happen. Um, but it does, and it does, it, it happens way too often. Uh, legendary rapper Ice T pointed out the fact that the uh, you know go to plan for black you know kids black men trying to get out the hood used to be rapping right you want to get away from getting shot you want to get away from being in the mix all of that you transition to rapping now it seems like rapping gets you more likely to be shot you know what I'm saying to become a target the more successful you are at it than being in the game right and, or at least the the equal an equal amount of risk and so he was just talking about how crazy of a game it is and getting cookies for his mama was allegedly what he was out doing, right? So, you know, just the, the, the code, we've talked about before how the code is no longer sacred, how nobody's safe, how nothing's protected. I mean, you know, somebody like that, you want to find them at their most vulnerable. Yeah, I'm going to get you when you think you're just making a, a pleasant trip across town to go buy some cookies for your mama. But it's sad when a lot of these rappers, as pointed out, they die in their own cities. They die by the hands of the people in their own communities. You know what I'm saying? They die um, on their blocks in the places that they serve, trying to you know make people better. So shout out to Dolph. He's been known as a family man. I learned a lot about him, you know, um, over the last couple of weeks or so on the biggest uh thread and the biggest trend, which is gonna be awesome because Lord forbid anything happen to anybody on this call, anybody I'm close to, but I'm close to so many people who are gonna be known for how they have invested and contributed to their families. And I think that's a great legacy to leave behind. So shout out to young Dolph and RIP. Next up on the lineup, uh Julius Jones. Uh was on death row last week. Um, down to the final hour, Governor Stitt of Oklahoma made the decision to uh, go ahead and commute his sentence from death and change it to life with no possibility of parole from this moment forward, forever and ever, and amen. So in a lot of ways, an innocent man who uh, has been basically mispainted and mischaracterized as a criminal, found out that he didn't do it, the person who did it allegedly uh, confessed. A lot of people have spoken up on his behalf and said, this is not a thing. So a lot of signs point to innocent, yet he's still in prison. So he didn't get killed by the law, but the law still plan on keeping him for the rest of his life. Uh, what's the afterthoughts y'all taking away with, or walking away with after seeing, and George, you was right there on the front lines, a lot of it unraveling. So what's y'all's thoughts of the conclusion of the Julius Jones case at this time? Um, half-ass. It's half-ass. I mean, you, like, first of all, I mean, you can't give credit to somebody who said, like, he didn't save the man's life, right? Like, he played with it. Like, we know that Stitt, Stitt want to run for president. Let's keep it stacked. Obviously. Stitt want to run for president, and he, wanna, he wants to uh, appeal to a certain base. And so he, but he understands that with some shit like this, niggas will run you to the ground, sir. Mm-hmm. Get, oh, he, hey, this man crucified an innocent man. Not even close. He ain't getting close. He ain't sniffing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know how, like, like Trump, people kind of ignore him being a slumlord and him taking out the, you know what I'm saying, the, the ad about, uh, you know, the uh, the Central Park. How many is it? How many? It was a... Uh, five. Five. I'd be wanting to say seven. It was five, though. Um, took out the ad and everything with that. People ignore that part because, you know, they'd be like, what? what was one thing Trump did that was racist, right? And that's and that's the thing. That's the way. That's a game Republicans play. What did they do to be racist? If you let if he allowed him to be executed, Julius Jones to be instead allowed Julius Jones to be executed. That's what he did. That was racist, mm. and um, it would destroy his chances of running for president. So he had to do it. So it was half-assed because that man's still in jail. Yeah, basically. And you get to sleep good at night for the rest of your life. Because if you think because if you think he should be alive, if you think he shouldn't be executed. Then he shouldn't be in jail. Exactly. Yeah, that, I think that it's a lot to unpackage when it comes to like the aftermath of Julius Jones, especially because Kevin Steele made them wait. Literally, like, made both families, the both the Howe family and the Jones family, wait up until the last four hours or three hours until he's supposed to be executed. Um, I feel like that 
because the entire world has now become conscious and aware of the Julius Jones case, I think that a lot of us got left with a salty taste in our mouth that though he mm-hmm. lives to fight another day, that he's still legally right now confined for the rest of his life to jail. Um, I know that the Julius Jones, just Julius Jones organization, and you feel me, a team is still looking for ways to, you know what I'm saying, <clears throat> get him free and uh, looking for ways to be able to uh, uh, reverse and or throw out the order that Kevin Stitt put out, you feel me? Um, we know that a lot of legal, I feel like there's a lot of potential legal controversy for what Kevin Stitt did in terms of mm-hmm. trying to tie the hands of future governors of Oklahoma behind their back and make it where they can't do nothing. Um, so shit, really, that. that's the part I hate the most of it all. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but the part that I've learned though from 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 talking with people in the team and, and, and being around kind of I'm showing the front lines is that, it, that there are ways for him to become free. It's just very rigid. You feel me? It's very rigid based off of how he used it, how you know what I'm saying, how he how he how he gave him clemency. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Considered can't be considered. They bro, they or, they make the rules and or apply for appeal. I mean, yeah, appeal clemency or commutation. I mean, but and that's one thing I learned though too. Like like what was getting it? They make the rules. When I look at <clears throat> half these states and these abortion cases or these uh, COVID mask or vaccine cases or whatever. A federal judge decided to overturn the decision here. The federal judge decided to. So all it takes is somebody with good sense. All it takes, but that's the huge reason why people don't depend on the democracy or the law or the system. Because people are like, you know, laws can change. Look, slaves got the right to not be slaves and women can vote and shit like that. Just the same way they can give you them rights, the same way they can roll them back. It is that same plasticity, that same flexibility in the system that both gets me excited and makes me scared of shit at the same time because of the ways. Man, that but that's why people need to be more involved, though. Because if yeah. you know that they can change like that. No, it can change like that. You never going to miss a chance to talk about yeah. representation, yeah. everybody. Yeah, about, but what, about reform specifically. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. representation, goddamn. But I think, mm-hmm. I think that, I think the, uh, 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 my final thoughts on the Julius Jones, especially echoing they make their own rules, is that the parole parole board recommended that you feel me that his life sentence be commuted. You feel me, and that he had possibility of parole. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Stitt went against the recommendation of the parole board, a parole board that he picked, a parole board that he appointed. You feel me? Mm-hmm. He went against what they recommended and recommended life life without parole. So again, when we think about people being able to pick, make their own rules, or make it up as you go, shit, we. we well, there it is. All right, we pushing up on thirty minutes of this not top, so we finna run in and run out with this last conversation. We've sat back and let the Travis Scott situation unravel, right? We've seen uh, Live Nation, we've seen Travis Scott, we've seen Drake, we've seen a lot of people have fingers pointed at them as uh, the accountable and responsible parties. Uh, now we are looking at over two billion dollars, I believe, worth of uh, lawsuits and growing, right? Every single day, people still in the hospital from this particular yeah, event. So my good, question, uh, literally, when we got on here, this 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 added to the suit. Uh, a million dollars a piece because they handled, you know what I'm saying, dead bodies and felt like they said they've been dealing with a lot of trauma since. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Noel. absolutely. Uh, shout out to Noel showing love. Uh, we are definitely official partners of the city of Littleton, Colorado. Um, excited to be participating and coming in and talking about these types of social issues as well as our specialties, uh, civic engagement, uh, understanding diversity, equity, and inclusion and leadership. So if any of y'all need that type of conversation where y'all at, hit us up anywhere you can find a chop-up show. Noel will tell you. We about to come in there and bring you what you need. But my question, real quick before Travis Scott, before we get up out of this, uh, is this. Is there a world? Because he got a, he, y'all know Travis Scott got hella shoes. Them and him and Nike got a partnership. A lot of stuff going on. Travis Scott was hottest thing smoking. Couldn't tell him nothing, right? Taking over the world in a lot of different ways. Couldn't go somewhere. But he had McDonald's, he had Nike, he on your tour lines, whatever. Cereal boxes. Wow. Uh, dolls and shit. Is there a world that Travis Scott, do y'all think he can come back? Or do y'all think we've heard the last we're going to hear from Brother Travis Scott? Nah, I'm, yeah. like Because it, it was a, you know. Yeah, what? Nah, yeah. Which, which one? Which, what are you saying now, man? <laughs> I, I, think, I think he's going to come back. Because... I, I mean, I think I think it, it's a lot of people that's already fighting to make sure that he don't, he's not taking, you know, what I'm saying we're not taking responsibility, but he's not blamed for it. So mm-hmm. you know, and and a lot of people don't look at it as something that was like specifically his fault. Like people that think about it in terms of logistics and you know where the buck stops ultimately. You know how how much money is willing to be spent, right? Like who 
what was the event promotion that actually put it on because they usually handle things like security barriers etc um so it's a lot of ways for him to not be seen as you know primarily responsible for what happened so i think he'll be straight he'll be back it'll just take it'll just take another what'd you say uh i don't think i I think that it's gonna take a lot for him to be as big as he is now you feel me but i do think that it's not over for him i think that because he has such a loyal fan base that's always gonna buy stuff that's always you know i'm saying like almost anything he become more of a martyr like they're trying to take down my god car travis scott so i'm gonna support him even more so i think that you know i'm saying that's the that's the that's the what you call hey 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 marquise bro i'm it's late, fam. I'm sleepy, you know. What up to you, Keith? Though it's good to have you in the building. Also, want to shout out if there are beauty and Vance in the comments, been kind of going back and forth. Oh, it's good, like Miss Cooks in the, in, in the building, too, man. Got you. Huh? Definitely got to make sure we get the super chest, though. Definitely got to make sure we get the super chest. I was on my, I was on my way, uh, making it that way. Well, Miss Myasia, shout out to you for showing love, dropping us some. Real quick, while we talk our business, line time might be for talking about uh, who decided whose decision was it to wear all white. <laughs> it just happened that way. Uh, and this is like this is more like a tan. This is a tan. Uh, hey, but listen, uh, I think that's the cap on that. We talked about Cal Rittenhouse and the decision whether it's white people business, black people business, everybody business. R.I.P. the young Dolph. We definitely gonna miss you, brother. Your contributions to the game definitely hope we can move in a, in a more positive direction. But something got to happen. Something big got to happen. A culture shift got to happen for us to kind of get away from this repetition of our black rap stars and leaders who are doing multiple things, passing away prematurely. Uh, Julius Jones' decision, a lot to be desired, but still a lot to be championed and appreciated at this stage in the game. And then lastly, uh, we're going to see what's up with Travis Scott. But that has been your snapshot lineup. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now we're going to slide over to talk to the conscious little. Yeah, man. So we're going to call this one The Conscious Shop. Um, here recently on my social media platform, I've been, I've been being a little critical of capitalism. You know what I'm saying? In the system of capitalism. And uh, mm. today, you know, um, I somebody's getting talk. fancy, getting yeah. that debate bag, huh? That cap cake, getting that debate bag, huh? Yeah, you know how, you know how, you know, I like to use my portable skills when I can. You feel me? But uh, what happened was, you know, those uh, pygmies, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes they, they come in the form of a black conservative. Uh, they decided they were going to. Sometimes you know, they always come in the form of black conservatives. Sometimes, sometimes though, you know, pygmies come in many different shapes, colors, sizes, genders. And yeah. You feel nice, so they is, is, is there a black conservative that's not a pygmy? You got a perm. <laughs> <laughs> you got a perm. <laughs> listen, I'm not, but listen, though. It's more pickings of black conservatives, though. But you do, That's you true. do, you, That's you do true. got a point, though. You do got a point. But what happened was this individual uh, decided to, uh, I guess, try to trivialize my criticisms of capitalism and me talking about how capitalism was brought to America by the colonizer and talking about how, you know, uh, capitalism is a dehumanizing system. And what he did was like, uh, you talk shit about capitalism, but you have a cash app. And you have your uh, pronouns in your in your bio, and you you're trying to build something. So how dare you talk about capitalism? So before I get into really just unpackaging a lot of these bad, I feel like a bad defense of capitalism. How do y'all define capitalism? Like if y'all was gonna explain it to your kin folk on the block, you feel me? You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, at Thanksgiving dinner, like how would you explain capitalism? Like what is that? Before we get there, because I want to answer the question, but plug is <laughs> not there yet. Where are we backing up to, Damo? What do we need yeah. to gather? What the fuck those pronouns have to do with I didn't know, I, yo, Listen, bro, I was going to say, listen, bro, if you see the video, bro, <laughs> I asked them that. Like, so what does pro? What does my pronouns have to do with if, if it, it, it would have to be identity politics. Like, the fact that individuals use things like pronouns to kind of gain value, gain currency. Yeah, I mean, but but I'm again I'm giving somebody like credit. social capital. Like is that like you going in I'm I'm trying to give somebody Neoliberalism, like no, nah, he went he went that deep, man. He was talking about goddamn China and shit. And he was like, bro, you know what you're talking about. Just saying shit. Hey uh, uh Marquise, Kanye is not a conservative, bro. Let's just be clear. Kanye is not a concern. Just because he's associated with Trump 
being associated with Trump definitely ain't got shit to do with associating with conservatism, bro. Just want to point that out there. Go ahead, answer the question, Toya. Uh, the question was, how do I describe or explain capitalism to black people? I think, I mean, I think the, I give them the objective definition of it, right? A system that it functions on the existence of a worker and of people with power who determine the conditions of living and the functionality of those workers, right? A market exist. We all exist and participate in said market. Some of us are victims in said market. Some of us thrive in said market. All of us have aspirations in that market, but a division of power that materially manifests itself in the way that we live our lives on a day-to-day -day basis, right? And that's just the, the way to explain it that is objective, that gets all the moving pieces kind of accounted for and just helps them understand and explain what I mean when I'm talking about a system that we all exist in. Yeah. yeah. Damo, how would you how like how yeah how would you define capitalism explain it uh i define it like it's, it's a value system that uh prioritizes profit over everything else like accumulation like gaining you know what i'm saying it's a value system that values getting shit over everything else the only thing i would add to to this is a, a, a conversation about productivity i think when we think about black people and talking to them about conversations about capitalism, you have to talk about productivity because for them to get it, a lot of us, our context for capitalism is how much labor we put in, how good we are to the systems we labor for, how valuable we are, we are to the jobs that we do, constantly looking and searching for a better job, constantly in a position and not having access to it. So levels and layers of productivity as well and what it means to be productive to society, but, productive to society. But when I'm talking to niggas, I, I, I specifically focus on the value system because the the uh labor portion we gotta we, it's like a whole different mindset you know what i'm saying like when we like that the the hustle perspective you know what i'm saying that you got to get out there and get it perspective because that's what drives what people assume is the conservative relationship with capitalism is just like yo we're gonna get it we're gonna get out here and get it mm -hmm. you know what i mean like if you don't work you don't eat type shit they not thinking you know what i mean like be like servant class they not thinking that you know what i'm saying sure. so and so the way that the way that i try to explain it is is like is like the it's 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 more so the rubric by which value is understood and in in the in, in the in the in that rubric of capitalism profit accumulation you know what i'm saying is is what's more important then that's and then the, I, I think the the when you drop down in layers with niggas, you start to talk more about labor. You know what I mean? But I like to start I, the, the value system, how you understand shit, right? Because, like, mm -hmm. how do you view who's worthless and who's not? You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I, I like to I, I like I like to sit there specifically because we value labor. Like we value labor like a motherfucker. So it's it's difficult to get niggas to understand that in the context of, of capitalism. Because the one thing that I say specifically, and this is where my I put my little, I mean, like how like even like on places on other places on YouTube where I talk about it is because of like race, race is how, you know what I'm saying, capital like like uh, race is what mystifies capitalism. Race is what allows capitalism to be the like the value system that we actually exist in, but because of the cultural impact of race, we look more so at, you know I mean. Uh, like our skin tone and everything else instead of looking at motherfuckers and being like the haves and the have-nots. Yeah, because you recognize how skin color impacts have and have-nots. I see a theory of beauty say, uh, I say that capitalism is a system that thrives on monetization of everything whilst depending on exploiting many groups of people and supporting other groups. Uh, to add to that, really how I explain it, how I would explain it is it's, a, it's, it's how production versus consumption is or has how production and consumption structures private ownership you know what i'm saying and then i'll talk about like value systems and why how everything this how, how everything we think about in terms of the hierarchy of value is always centered around production consumption who get the ownership you know what i'm saying um my next question though you feel me now that we kind of kind of i feel like flushed that out a little bit um in in, in the comment section as well do y'all say capitalism is a good thing or a bad thing are you rocking up? Somebody rocking up, tapping the toe. But uh, uh, 
is Cap good or bad? It is inherently there you go. neutral system. However, I won't I won't say a neutral system, but I'll say a system. I'll, I'll say it is inherently. <laughs> I didn't mean to do I that. I mean, because I don't know. Give your answer, Toya. Give your answer. I'm about, to, I'm about to. Your face didn't bother me. My my literal words did. Yeah, um, but, but that's because I feel like anything can be bad. Anything can be good or bad, or have good or bad. Uh, uh, produce good or bad things based on who uses it, right? Capitalism, the same way, and I give this example all the time when I talk about the law, right? Because law is not bad. Order is not bad. Creating and developing a way for people to coexist alongside each other and juxtapose each other in moments of agreement and disagreement is not bad. And so Black people don't necessarily think that the law is bad. Our ancestors, our literal lineage, our people, the current state of Africa has law, tribally, right? Even before slavery, before we were influenced by the American iteration of law, we had systems and ways of designing our cultures and order and things like that to help regulate how us as a people existed in community, mm-hmm. right? So law is not bad. It is white supremacy in law. So capitalism is not inherently bad. It is the ways that things like white supremacy, white nets are able to shape and give the teeth to what capitalism is and how it functions, right? I think in this world, I, I don't know if I would call, I don't, I don't know. And then this is where we go down a rabbit hole of, of personal politics that I don't think we have to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can if we want to. But I, I honestly don't think that capitalism has to intrinsically be bad. I think the ways that it is manifested, I think the uh, version of it that we have is one that is problematic. Yeah, I think, and it's, um, Marquis' comment actually is, is, is usually what I stand on, where I stand on this, is like cap, capitalism is, is fucked up inherently. Like what it like because it's like I I, I get that they're 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 you know it's, it's always dependent on the system and you know those types of things but I mean I stand by the belief that it, that capitalism requires a permanent underclass it requires a servant class it requires somebody to be fucked over in in some capacity and so uh, I think capitalism is a more modern form of certain aristocracies um, that existed in the past. Um, but you, the way that they're able to maintain that aristocracy is by saying that you can get here too, when knowing good and goddamn well because of how shit set up, the fuck you can, right? There may be some people that who slip through the cracks, but for the most part, the ma- majority of the masses are, are going to end up in some form of, uh, you know, like that. Uh, it, 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 taking taking part in some form of labor to where the labor that they put in and what they get out of it. It's exploitation. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? exploitation and dehumanization is core to capitalism. I understand. And I, I mean, and, and this is why I was so reluctant. And I mean, I'm a very flexible and amicable person to argument, to knowledge, to adding levels and layers to my perception of things. So I'm driving with what y'all saying, even uh, Marquise's distinction between capitalism and commerce, because I think that's an important distinction to make and kind of what I was getting there without getting it without saying. Um, mm-hmm. But then along with what the plug is saying, I see Ethereal Beauty, uh, Ethereal Beauty's comment that says it's bad because some things shouldn't cost money. Some things are priceless. But considering these systems and their designers, how these systems and their designers have managed to ruin precious things like life and death by putting dollar amounts on even our entrance and ex- existence in, in our society, it can fucking go. And that is where I hardcore agree. Right. Like life. I, I don't have a justification for how it is that we like things like water cost. Right or things like like those. That's where I am at a loss. So capitalism yeah. has no limits. It has no bounds. It is literally saturated every single kind of episode, every single core, every single nook and cranny of our existence to the point where I I, I want to draw a line in it, but I can't. Right. So by default, then I probably can't be that big of a fan of capitalism because those very notions of putting value on things that are essential to life are bad. I think cap is good for things like innovation. I believe that capitalism is good to keep people competitive and creating shit so that you are constantly trying to get better and make things better, improve, improve society. Right. You built the toilet. And what's the motivation to make a better toilet unless you can make a better toilet and get more money off of it, make it more efficiently, get more money off of it. Then somebody else is like, OK, I'm going to make a better toilet than you. I'll make a whole better plumbing system than you. And, and you know what I'm saying? So it creates the type of competition that pushes societies forward. I honestly but do you they incentivizes those things. And I don't know if you get those that type that type that same type of incentive to create, to be imaginative, if you don't tie some incentive to it like money. Right. So that's where it gets kind of hard and difficult for me. Shout out to this year's debate topic for making me think about shit like that. But outside of that, I struggle with 
value being associated with necessity and what that means for the average person, the common person, the person who has no interest in the game of innovation, who is okay with a standard toilet as long as it's flush and I'm good. You know what I'm saying? So then right. what, do we, what do we do with those people who have no because Because then we ask the question about innovation, specifically like uh, capitalism's relationship with technology. It's you when we talk about innovation, it's in the form of making things easier. So it becomes about convenience. And I'll admit, I'm one of those people who will pay for convenience. Like I'm a I'm a capitalist sucker because I I'll be like, if I gotta spend a couple extra dollars where I where I could be a little bit more comfortable, I'll do that. You know what I'm saying? And so, like from that perspective, like even even like how we view innovation is caught up in uh like making making things easier, making motherfuckers more comfortable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it that and that's where we went into the problem because when we talk like when we start talking about like consumption culture like consumerism i mean i i we've had multiple conversations like you know just in debate about how like that shit is is infinitely it's just gonna go like mm-hmm. consumption just goes up like like there's no there's no cap for it yeah it's just I, gonna I, make it yeah I think, that, I, said, I think that i feel like i'm, I'm thinking of the uh stokely carmichael uh uh, well, actually, he was Kwame Torre, uh, Kwame Torre when he did this little interview, but he was talking about how innovation and capitalism is kind of a myth. And he talked about how, you know, the interchangeable parts in capitalism, innovation, we had the technology to make it where things wouldn't break down. But if things didn't break down, you feel me, and it got too innovative, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make no money. And that's the reason why we got to buy light bulbs. And that's the reason why we got to buy new tires. And that's the reason why. So I think that right. when it comes to they make bulb, one light bulb that don't ever yeah, go out. Yeah. And in terms of innovation, you feel me? That would be the most easiest, the smartest thing to do because it would cut down costs. But to me, it showed the myth of meritocracy because it's like, yeah, cutting down costs is the surface level of capitalism. But deep down, it's all about driving profits. So we don't mm-hmm. care that we can make a, a everlasting light bulb because that won't make any money. I need you to go buy a new light bulb every three months. Yeah, yeah. But I think that this conversation is starting to get to to I feel like what what made me even want to talk about this tonight. I recognize. And, and, and it, but but also this uh, another example of what you're talking about is the distinction between hemp and lumber. You know what I mean? Like as much as we talk about like the racial implications of criminalizing marijuana. Like a lot of it had to do with them motherfuckers. Like the like hemp was poised to overtake industry as a more uh, sustainable, mm-hmm. uh, cheaper uh, form of paper. Lumber motherfuckers was like, we not having that. Like literally an entire industry. Hell, the banking industry wrote the banking laws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> so so it, it's what what like what ends up happening is what, what we looking at is innovation is more so like because it's convenient. Yeah, you feel me? Like we like we got these bright ass lights. We can get them really quickly. We can just go and grab them. You know what I'm saying? That's that retail logic because it's convenient and because it's a little oh they put it on sale. You know what I mean? It it just it it creates a, a bunch of little traps to make us feel good about engaging in something when ultimately like we really being tricked into sustaining something that we really don't need mm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, nice. Actually, you know what? I think I think what we should do here though is is instead of because uh, we was gonna do. Uh, oh yeah, we we, we got gonna do the other one. You're right. You're yeah, right. we might well, as well. You asked the question: Could modern uh, capitalism exist without slavery? Our answer: no. would you know? And then you go on to say, um, and when we talk about Keats, we're talking about uh, John Devon Russo, just in case y'all not confused about where we're going. Well, we keep calling this person something else. Uh, But we know this. We know this. Go on to say, if we all agree, no, then how could it be ethical? And so we're going to talk about and kind of get to some of these questions. I want to give away plugs topic too soon, but there's a a, a transitional kind of part two appendix to this cap conversation, and he's going to get into it in a second. So we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about to say, well, I guess to go on so we can get into that conversation. I feel like I had two more questions to get the compilation game going, but I just asked one. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people think that it is a, a, a good gotcha moment or think that it's hypocritical for somebody to criticize capitalism while participating in capitalism. And kind of what is your response to that type of argumentation or that narrative? Like, how dare you, Toya G? How dare you, political plug? Y'all are talking shit about capitalism while y'all sit on YouTube from your fancy devices that capitalism is made. It sounds like three monitors. Yeah, I you can be in something, but not necessarily of it. I think. Uh, preach, preach up. 
I, I absolutely feel as though the just inextricably linked way that our lives have been embedded into the very fabric and essence of capitalism make it pretty freaking hard not to participate in it, even in terms of mobilizing and gathering to create the type of party politics that will allow for us to maybe push against capitalism. We would have to use things mm -hmm. like technology, use, use things like websites, use various methods of organizing, use Facebook, use Instagram to tell people where to meet us and stuff like that. So we really right. can't get away from the long arms of capitalism. I think it is up to us and Marquisha's question whether or not we can be ethical under the system of capitalism. We all know that one-liner, that there is no ethical consumption under cap. And so knowing what we know and understanding that we have to kind of navigate these systems and structures in ways that align ourselves with the liberation um, of our people and um, in the kind of grappling with the way that this system kind of exists, but survival is important and being able to do that is a meaningful thing. I think the deeper you get, the more successful you get in the system of capitalism, there is going to take a constant redressing and a constant recalibrating of your goals, your intentions, and your priorities. And I think that's a high standard for people who find themselves benefiting from capitalism, even as they attempt to resist it. But that's just a, a high calling and a high standard we have to have for the people leading and guiding us. I just don't think that it's bad if you end up having to participate in capitalism uh, while you navigate and survive within it. It's going to happen. Are you going to tell a single mother not to eat, not to feed her? Damn. Yeah, because it's literally yeah. like, yeah. Right. No, 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 not you, Toya. Everybody keeps saying my goddamn, like, comment before I'm about to say it. Like Mar <laughs> Marquis said the commerce and ca cap the difference between capitalism and commerce shit. Stick advance talk about capitalism is global coercion. Yo, I'm not like this. Is my show. It's my show. Let me say my shit. You feel yeah. me? Uh, capitalism is coercion. Yeah, Dominique. <laughs> yeah. Fucking right. <laughs> Tell us more. I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's coercion. You for you don't have a choice. Like it's like you don't choose to participate in capitalism. Capitalism is dictated to you. You don't, you know what don't, uh, don't leave us. Don't leave us. Don't leave us, Gene. Don't leave us. <laughs> well, nah, because look, Keith can't see. Like Keith didn't see bad shit, so that they don't even know what they're doing. But yeah, I mean, it's just great minds thinking. Like Keith's my nigga, bro. Like we are here. You know what's up? Um, yeah. Hey, hey, so you don't. What you about to say? I'm about to say. How I how I view that how I view that question or how I view that line of argumentation is being like how dare these slaves talk so bad about slavery and talk bad about the master and then eat the food the master brought them. Crazy. That's how I think about it. Cause then because now I think of the meme that I've seen 50 million times, like, hey, it's not hypocritical to criticize capitalism while participating. In fact, the very reason why we are criticizing capitalism in large is because we are forced to participate in society. <laughs> right. so I feel yeah. like going back to the thing, like, hold on, how dare you criticize slavery and say slavery is bad and you still eat the slave master's food? It's like, so I'm not supposed to survive in the system that I survive that I, that I criticize. I just what is it? I, but the, the, the thing about it is it's like it's the not having a choice thing. It's the fact I gotta call this motherfucker master. It's the fact that I'm relying upon them to feed me. That's the mm -hmm. issue. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the problem. Like, the fact that I have to eat what Massa is giving me, and I don't have a choice. I can't gain anything. I can't do none of that. That's the, that's the problem, right? That's the coercion. That's, that's the forced nature of the whole shit. Like, if something existed outside of capitalism, niggas would choose that. Yeah. But what does it what does it mean to exist outside of capitalism when you're birthed into a scenario where your food comes from grocery stores? Precisely. And or I think this, fast food spots. Yeah. This I think these distinctions are ones that are super important to make because I think earlier up in the comments, uh, Marquise asked the question or, or made a comment about black capitalism, and I think those are where we get That's to my the last beginning. question. Let me let me turn it to you then because I think that's where we get to these very oh let me do the black capitalism thing. Cause we got we got talk about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I say yeah, we can go and go to what you about to get into. Cause I thought like it's that. Cause I don't. Well, no, nah, I want Toya to finish what she's saying. I want Toya to finish what she's saying, and then we are gonna get into that. Precisely. There's one. Well, there's yeah. one. There's one. In one. There's one thing to exist in a system of capitalism, have to survive in a capitalist a system of capitalism, and to do things to meaningfully peel back the layers, to expose, to gather, to uh, uh, politicize. The ways that capitalism affects us, but not be able to escape it. It's a whole other thing to champion it as and racialize it 
uh, which contributes to the perfection of it in the worst possible ways. Those are two very things. That's the only thing I want to get at is that those are very polaristic orientations toward how we understand capitalism, which leads us to a conversation about black capitalism, which leads us to George Lee. So what were you about to say, Lee, about black cap? Uh, about like literally ask, I was gonna ask the question: Do you do you think black capitalism can save us? Even though we think capitalism is bad, do we think that black capitalism is a distinction from all the criticisms about the things we say that's bad about capitalism? Can black capitalism solve those things, or is it still bad as well? Um, I think that we already know how we're gonna long ass question. Yeah, but but I just do. I feel like it's something. You know, <laughs> I'm fucking with you. Black cap will it save us? The answer is no, because black capitalism leads us to that. Like cap is inextricably, but blackness is inextricably linked from cap. Capitalism is a system, current capitalism that has been perfect, perfected off of and as a result of slavery, and to uh, utilize the mechanism, systems, and tactics of white supremacy, right? As a value system, as a value orientation. Capitalism is the system that value gets locked into, but the determiner of value is largely based on white supremacy, right? Your ability to be productive, um, even if you're disabled, is a question of white supremacy. Why? Because white supremacy privileges the able-bodied, cisgender, uh, affluent, uh, American, European, westernized, uh, cisgender man, and I think I said cisgender before, right? But right. all of those notions are directly feeding back into what white supremacy uses to sustain itself. So it is an oxymoron, I think, is what Ethereal Beauty pointed out. What John Devon Russo pointed out is that you, you know, you can't be both. You have to kind of make decisions. So blackness and white supremacy, mean, white blackness and white supremacy are intention, but white supremacy, capitalism is cloaked in white supremacy. So blackness and capitalism have to be intention as well. Uh, so my response to this is a resounding hell no <laughs> and while we do highlight and uh really kind of valorize the uh black capitalism in the form of celebrities in the form of athletes in the form of you know influencers though we we have to remember that, that like that is a small majority of the black experience you know what i'm saying like the people, the, the motherfuckers who slip through the cracks of capitalism and able to build, you know what I'm saying, to, to create fine ways to create generational wealth, you know what I'm saying, to feed their grandkids, grandkids, grandkids. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, that's not something that a lot of black people endure to the point of. Go ahead and share my screen here. It was a study that came out in 2017 The Road to Zero Wealth. Oh, uh, I don't know how many of y'all have seen this. I don't know how many how uh, many of y'all have heard about this. Not um, many. Anyway. Right. It came out from the Institute for Policy Studies. Now, this is 2017. So, so if, if there was some information that came out to contradict this or to undermine this, please let us know at the chop up. Send it to our, our, our DMs so we can let people know that it's that something is being done about what's going on with this. But as far as my research has found. Anybody doing anything about this shit? Mm. <laughs> so, uh, in this report entitled "The Road to Zero Wealth," uh, what they broke down was pretty much in the next thirty, uh, well, thirty years from twenty seventeen, right? So we we already what, uh, what four or five years into, you know, what I'm saying this this thirty year time frame, mm. uh, but well, we'll uh, but by twenty forty three, there'll be a majority uh, colored people, people of I hate that term, but this is a term that they use it in this shit. Uh, while how, like for example, when we look at the key findings, it says here why households of color are projected to reach a majority status by 2043 if the racial wealth divide is left unaddressed. Median black household wealth is on the path to hit zero by 2053, and median Latino household wealth is projected to hit zero 20 years later. In sharp contrast, median white household wealth would climb to 137,000 by 2053. Mm. We're on completely opposite trajectories for the median. For the median, right? Mm. This is what most people are dealing with. We're looking at the average. We're looking at zero wealth for black people. Let's continue. Now, I mean... 
and we should we should update, you know what I'm saying, take a look into this because it says if current trends continue and, and this get this is even worse now because of the uh the pandemic and shit. A lot of motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying, not working, people out yeah. It's a, so it's really even worse than, 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 than what was projected back in 2017. But what it said in 2017 was that its appearance continued by 2020, median black and Latino households stand to quote, lose nearly 18 and 12% of the wealth they held in 2013. We've lost more than that because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. While median white household health increases, wealth increases by 3%. That didn't, you know what I'm saying, again, because of the pandemic, we, we, we see some issues with that. But what we're seeing, though, is that the trajectory of, quote unquote, black capitalism is leading black people to the red, to the negative, like as a whole. Mm-hmm. The impact that capitalism is having on the ability for black people to accumulate wealth is showing that it's getting worse as society progresses, as technology and innovation reaches its highest peak. Black communities are losing money. Black families are losing money. This is what black capitalism looks like. The, like when we talk about the uh, the racial wealth gap, the like, I, the distinction between hey, how much is being is a food. What do you say? Uh, keep cooking, uh, plug. My bad, my bad. <laughs> Hold on, what do you say? What this nigga say? I'm looking at the screen. Said, hey. no, school project vibes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, it's a part of the conversation. It was supposed to be a little bit more fleshed out than that, but we got here at the end of the day, so it is what it is. But but, but the the point, nigga, the point that's being made, the point that's being made is that that's what black capitalism looks like. You feel me? Um, it looks yeah. like. Uh, black black people be in the face of labor. I mean, but slow, like slowly but surely. I mean, going backwards yeah. in terms of economic progress. You feel me? So, I mean, and that's that's gonna be a hard pill to swallow because I think the the component to me is so interesting that in some of the same ways we have conversations with a lot of sociologists, a lot of economists, and they account for the influences of generational wealth and the lack thereof, right? But a lot of these same people, a lot of the same people in these conversations will tell us that we need to move into a place of post-raciality and move further away from slavery. So which one is it, right? Because the epicenter of how it is that we got here is the way we exist in terms of generational wealth, the lack thereof, the huge gaps, the huge lapses therein. And every time advancement was happening, you forgetting that conveniently white society has decided to pull the carpet and the rug from under our feet. So you can't be upset with us in one breath for pointing to the influences of slavery and looking at that and saying, look at how generational wealth has been shaped. But then in the same breath say, oh, well, we're so far removed away from slavery. Even the video, the video George shared, if y'all haven't seen it, it's an interesting video on a whole bunch of white people kind of talking about um, whether why they can't be proud to be white and shit. And they're like, I'm not a slave. My mom, dad's not slaves. My grandparents are not slaves. Nobody in our immediate, like, that is the general logic of their statements. But this is what we mean when we say you still benefit from systems of slavery. This is what we mean when we say, no, slavery is still very muchly here today. And we ain't talking about going to prison. We ain't talking about, we're talking about the ways, right? And this is where we explore that slippage because a lot of people use slavery the same way they use the Holocaust to be like this catch-all phrase or, you know, statement that describes how bad something is. This is a new Holocaust, right. a new slavery. No, capitalism is the same old slavery. Capitalism is the same old slavery. It is an offshoot of it. It's the development of it. The way that it's manifesting and hitting you is a large representation, or it is an offshoot of what has happened directly to Black people. The reason why you can't advance is because value has been understood. Your value has been derived and developed based off the, the, the value that was originally given to Black people. Right, it only has become offshoots and become more nuanced and become more contrived mm-hmm. as time has gone on. Because the only way that something can survive after so much criticism is if it becomes more contrived, if, if, if it becomes more more wrapped up, tangled up, and tied up, and takes a whole lot more shit with it. Right, so that's why you suffer from a system of capitalism, not because it's an equal playing field. It is because everything that the system has learned to do with you is a direct derivative of how it has learned to perfect its power, its veracity on the lives of Black people. And this, and and that is pretty much why race is, does such an effective job at maintaining, you know, what I'm saying like capitalist uh, uh, divisions, like class based divisions. 
is because as long as white people can say, at least I'm not a nigga, they're good. Yeah. Like they can say, well, my ancestors weren't chattel slaves, but goddamn it, your dad's a wage slave. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you'll get. Like, yeah, we're you weren't in chains from, from the you, you you weren't in, like, yeah, your 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 people wasn't in chains, right? But your dad came home and treated you like an asshole because he just worked a double shift. You feel me? And he about to go back into his second job yeah, just to pay too, the bills. That, that, that to me, that that uh line of thought about and nobody living today slaves and this that and the other to me a lot of that is like the trick of time type shit because like shit nobody today either was tarred and feathered nobody today was taxed out of representation at least none of y'all white folks is but y'all still <laughs> hang on to the victimization of your ancestors because you feel some type of empowerment for it you feel me? you still gonna pop yeah. that firecracker at your barbecue too though you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think it just show how it's really just a, a, a really a way of what Calvin, you know what I'm saying, Warren talk about. It's a trick of time. Like whenever whenever you want to use time and permute it to benefit your narrative, you're going to do it. Either it's too far away, it's too close here, it's, hey, it happened too recently, it happened too long ago. It's like whatever you want to say, you know what I'm saying, work with it. You feel me? And then too, to, the, uh, to, uh, to, to Vance, I feel like this is a, uh, I feel like, a, I guess, a dope debate that, you know what I'm saying, could be had. But I think I think that I don't think that slavery is a byproduct of capitalism. I think slavery is a prerequisite to capitalism. Absolutely. And I think that slavery is not a byproduct of capitalism because it's always a constant function of slavery. And that's the reason why we get to sensationalize things like slavery in the Holocaust by saying it's the new slavery. Because now we get to say, hey, at least we're not slaves. We have poverty wages or we get to, you know what I'm saying, do this, that, and the other. And I think that that's like the the, the lumpetariat versus the, the the proletariat that, you know what I'm saying, Karl Marx was getting into and why he was so, I feel like, uh, a critical was specifically talking about like Africa and specifically talking about labor, slave labor, you know what I'm saying? But that's just me. Let me say this. Let me say this. Mo- Black conservatives are the petty bourgeoisie. Y'all just the petty bourgeoisie. That's all. You know what I'm saying? Y'all class trade. You know, we talked about race traders. They're class traders. <laughs> you feel me? Because if you look at most of the like the, the major struggles throughout history, it's always been between the haves and the have-nots. But as soon as motherfuckers was able to throw a buffer in there, it wasn't it, it was about culture and, and like literally now cultural hierarchies. Motherfuckers ain't st- rising up to be like shit. Our, like the price of food shouldn't keep rising like this, right? Right. Corporating should have this type of control. Niggas ain't rising up to fight that because they're like, I want to maintain my whiteness. My <laughs> whiteness is more important to me than getting fucked over by some corporation because mm-hmm. they told me to believe in the American dream. See, and, and w- w- one of the things, too, I want to point out from the comment, Infinite Blink says this, and I think I kind of want to push back against this idea. This is kind of salient to where we're going. Slavery was an innovation within capitalism. Um, I, I, I disagree, and here's why. Yeah, I do too. Um, because there are components of capitalism, of slavery, that capitalism can't compl- explain. Right. There are components of anti-blackness that, 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 that capitalism can't explain. The most easiest definition is look at a map. Where did all the colonizers come from? And look at how many places they had to skip over and pass to go and be gratuitously violent to particularly black people on the Western continent of Africa. Right. That in and of itself explains and describes the deranged, insatiable desire and appetite of anti-blackness and white supremacy to go and be punitively violent to black bodies, irregardless of who they are, what they do, how they function. Right. Capitalism just kind of sweetened the pot on their voracious appetite to kind of just be anti-black and super fucked up. Right. So to me, I don't think capitalism is an explanatory component of uh, 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 anti-blackness. I think they go hand in hand, if anything. But slavery became an outlet for what was just just is it, what it was and is deeply ingrained into the hearts and minds of co- the colonizer. Right. It just became an outlet, a project, a way to manifest the deep, heavy laden lack of desire for life for black life right i, th- so I think my, my component of it. it's the apparatus of anti-blackness i think people underestimate like how the focal point of like the uh the origin of white identity was literally not being like brown people mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like white like it's established based on the distinction of being like we're not them like that's the uh, that's how white identity was established to take it a step further to say, now y'all not even people, right? Because you understand, like white people came into contact with other melanated people. They came into contact with Indians, 
and saying they came into contact with like it was uh what uh even if you think about how they treated uh eastern europeans you know what i'm saying it was it was a distinction of being like we not y'all right Mm -hmm. going from we not y'all to slavery (laughs) you feel me to we are putting you in chains and uh like literally denying all of your subjectivity all of your personhood right it it that can't just be explained by we want to get we want to make money. I mean, because it was cheaper uh, yeah. ways to do it. Yeah, it was yeah. much cheaper ways to do it. Even people are listening right now. Basically, what 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 we getting into right now from from what we know about like anti blackness and like Afro pessimism, we getting into like the libido economy, the economy of feelings and emotions. Ain't no economic profit. You know what I'm saying uh, being derived when a slave master wanted to pickle and flag a slave or wanted to chop up their foot. Or one mm-hmm. until you know what I'm saying. Literally, there was a feeling and emotion, an economy of feeling and emotions that was literally triggered, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, that made it where they started doing what they was doing, how they was doing. And I think that's the part of capitalism that uh, uh that, that, that 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 cannot explain different modes of violence and oppression. And that's the reason why I'm saying capitalism, I mean the slavery in colonialism literally make possible capitalism, and that's mm-hmm. the reason why I maybe made the first video of pointing out. That in the Western world, capitalism was brought here by the colonizer because we recognize how those things go together. You know what I'm saying? Um, we know that education that was elevation, and I feel like this conversation about you know what I'm saying capitalism gonna always continue. And uh, Jalisa, hey, send me, hey, shoot me an email of the of the, of the sixteen nineteen projects part specifically on capitalism though. We might, might, I might got me a little visual right there. Yeah, I mean, and with that being said, man. Uh, I feel like we need to do more of this. Yeah, we just we get, saying, get into some good theoretical shit. You feel me? Because like we not fucking TMZ. Yeah, like, we really not. You know what I'm saying? Like, to, to, we we really got way too much more important shit to talk about. Yeah, I mean, then really come with that. You know, baby and Danny Lee, like. Hey, but you know what? And, and, and listen, I appreciate Keys calling me out. You feel me? I should I should I should have came more a little bit more prepared than that. You feel me? We got a standard of uh, uh of academia, scholarship, and literature over this way that we will yeah. make sure we maintain. Man, I'm talking about that the senior, the yeah, that 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 sentimental effect is huge and that's really what they be saying this is the new slavery it's the new that's really what it is that's their relationality they trying to forge like bitch man relational yeah, yeah same, without um, a doubt um but but with that being said if it is some shit that y'all are hearing about or it's being discussed that y'all would like us to break down that is in that you know what i'm saying that more academic lane let us know y'all go to the chopper i, I don't i don't want to cut against the the desire to be an academic but um i think too Right, there are levels and layers and ways to academicize a lot of some of our favorite issues and topics. So we're not gonna be dead horses. We're not gonna talk about the obvious. We're not gonna stay on the surface or whatever. And we only really gonna talk about a lot of those issues and continue to gravitate toward those if there are larger discussions to be had. I just don't, cause I mean, we still niggas in, in popular culture and society. So we care about those things. Just don't expect the same kind of, and I, I don't think y'all do, but the same kind of standard conversations that everybody else is having about those. Plug, I don't want to cut you off. I just, there are things to be said about the, the babies and the Danny Lees of the world. We want them listening to the top up too. So we need people who Yeah, but I mean, but, but listen, but at the same time, to the real world to be a part of these conversations too. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying is yeah. we got to, we got to bring everybody yeah. in. But I'm not, I'm not vehemently, vehemently disagreeing with you. I'm just, they're, they're a texture to it. Yeah, and you ugly. I'm, we can talk about it after the live is over. I love you. Yo, yo dreads is ugly. Dynamo, you know what um, my, no, not yo dreads. I'm talking about dreads. Hey, yeah. Um, anyway, with that being said, uh, y'all shoot us ideas for topics as well. We don't like I said. You know what I'm saying? Regardless, everything. If y'all want us to talk about some TMZ shit. We could we could flip that shit too. Just hit us up on the chop up IG, the DMs at the chop up show yeah. on Instagram as well as on Facebook. Um, you can find me at the political plug on Instagram, Snapchat, not Snapchat. <laughs> it's late. Uh, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, okay, <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> you feel me? 
Toya. I don't know if I should say anything else. My name is Latoya Green. I'm so happy to be here with you all. Thank you for having me. We'll see you again next week. George. Yeah, yeah. I apologize, Toya, for talking to the Damo in the middle. But listen, yeah, a long day, long night. See y'all next week. You know what I'm saying? Cyber Monday. Hey, oh, yeah. Uh, enjoy y'all colonize this holiday. You know what I'm saying? If you do that. Uh, eat, eat good food. Spend time with your family. Avoid. Try to avoid the the, the Thanksgiving uh, Facebook, Instagram post. About, we know. At this point, we know. We know what happened. Let people enjoy their food. But with that being said, we're going to end the show the same way that we brought the show in. We out this time. Me, my guys, we really lie. Lord, forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. And that's in a console. Keep the semi when I ride. Let off Henny when I drive. In the city, we gon' slide. Bet I be there pronto. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.